a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, from the pandemic to our ever-contentious political environment, everybody gets to struggle. Everybody has struggled here in 2021 as we come down the home stretch. And sometimes that makes it feel a little bit harder to be grateful for so many things. But developing a grateful heart may be just what the doctor ordered. It may be what we need individually, what our country needs. It's how we really get to healing. Holly Richardson's the editor of Utah Policy, former Utah legislator, great, great writer, and has a fabulous piece at Deseret.com about the healing power of gratitude. She joins us now. Holly, thanks for chiming in for a little uh, Thanksgiving Eve conversation. It's my pleasure, Boyd. So let's talk about this uh, in terms of gratitude. Uh, you you make the case first that gratitude's not going to cover up our problems, but it can actually help us heal. Tell us about it. Yeah, I think sometimes people think that gratitude is like a hashtag and, you know, we can give thanks and we do it on social media um, the month of December, uh, the month of November, maybe the week of Thanksgiving. But but really, it's much deeper than that. And um, a practice, a year long practice of gratitude that's authentic can actually help us hold both sorrow and gratitude at the same time. Um, and and it really can help us heal. Yeah, I, I I love that as a framing because uh, having gratitude is not about uh, putting on a, a fake smile. Uh, it's not about uh, glasses being half full or half empty or rose colored or anything else. It it's, has to be an authentic thing. And I love the way you frame that in terms of allows us to, to be able to hold that, uh, the good yeah. and the bad, uh, as we go through that process. Yeah. Look, from my own experience, um, there, and there's lots of research to back it up, which I thought was really fun. Um, but from my own experience, I have buried um, several daughters, and the, the grief is just overwhelming. And at the same time, I can be grateful. I'm not grateful that they died, but I am grateful that I was their mom, and I am grateful for lessons that they taught our family. And I can be grateful that we have the opportunity to come home to a warm house, right, or mm. um, things like that. And, and what's really great about gratitude, especially through times of sorrow, I think it enriches um, our ability to process and hold all emotion. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that's healthy. And, and, and I think something that we need more of, I saw Brene Brown ha- has a quote that you cannot have joy without gratitude. Mm. And she has interviewed now tens of thousands of people and what she has found in her work that you do not have a single person who talks about experiencing joy who doesn't always um, who doesn't also experience gratitude. Yeah, I think that uh, I I love the fact that we can look at uh, grief and gratitude as compatible principles and compatible emotions and and uh, things that actually do come uh, together. I love you. You pointed out uh, that uh, 
when when you were in the the burnout phase of uh, doing all the mom things that you you had to start yeah. really small in terms of that gratitude. I did, and you know, I started with um, I'm grateful for air conditioning <laughs> during the summer months. <laughs> I'm grateful for sunshine, you know, those types of things. And then as time has gone on, I've been able to find things um, that are deeper. I am grateful for the lessons I learned being the mom of a child with disabilities, actually multiple children. But when my first child was born with disabilities, I was not grateful. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I was grateful to be her mom, but that was not something that I thought I had signed up for. And it has taken time, and, and now I can look back you know, fondly and with a smile and say, you know what, I would not change a single thing, and I'm so grateful I had the opportunity to learn how to be a better mom by being a mom of kids with disabilities. Yeah, it's such a, a powerful part of that process, and as we really start to engage in that, it really does change everything. It changes uh, what's happening on our, our brain waves and the neurons in, mm-hmm. in our, uh, inside yep. us uh, to how we deal with things that are outside of us. It does. It, it actually changes brain chemicals. It, it releases um, dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. And those are all feel-good hormones, um, but it also rewires your synapses in your brain, and it really can change how you view the world, right? I mean, you've probably met people who view the world through a pretty dark lens, and everybody's out to get them. But people who are grateful, they're not unrealistic, but they're able to look and have more grace, I think, and more compassion for other things, for other people and situations because they're able to look through this lens that has been affected by gratitude. Uh, so good. And uh, you mentioned in your article uh, some of the great work uh, by Robert Emmons, uh, who has done so much around gratitude. And uh, and this this idea that uh, it's it's a process, it's, it's a lens uh, that doesn't mean you're going to deny reality, as you were saying. You can still be incredibly grounded. Uh, but you can have a, a greater appreciation for so many things, yeah. even the hard things. Yeah. Yeah, even the hard things. And, you know, there's, you can find lists online of the many benefits. And, you know, there's at least a couple of dozen of research benefits, and including it makes more giving. Um, when we are grateful for what we have, we want to share more. Um, it makes us less materialistic. Uh. It reduces our impatience, believe it or not. <laughs> And, and it actually helps us improve our decision-making abilities. And I think p- part of the reason it does that is because it gives us this broader view, right? We can, we can take a step back and we can, we can start to offer grace. And as we do that, it helps us then uh, have a wider lens as we make decisions ourselves. Yeah, and that's such a vital part of the process, especially as we're going through challenging things or as we look at uh, difficult situations that uh, we're working through individually as a family in our communities or in the country. Uh, but it does give us this, this different different perspective uh, in terms of where we're coming from or where other people are coming from. You mentioned, you know, grace and, and grace being part of that root word of gratitude. Uh, when we can start to look with people and say, I wonder why she thinks that or I wonder why he's approaching it that way. Uh, it really yeah. does. It really does change the dynamic. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey has a book um, and she's called it What Happens to You? And she said, instead of asking, what's wrong with you? And we started asking, what happens to you? Mm. Like, wh- what stories do people have? Why are they acting that way? And I think if we, if we actually knew people's stories, we would not be nearly as judgmental as we tend to be as, as a society, as a civilization. But instead, would step back and say, you know what? I can relate to that. I can relate to fear. I can relate to being afraid about my kids. Um, it's given me a real lens to be 
um, very empathetic for people who are refugees, for example, because I look at what would I do to keep my kids safe? And the answer is anything I needed to, everything I could. (laughs) Right. And that's exactly what, what they're doing and having that perspective has really helped me. Uh, fantastic. Holly Richardson is the editor of Utah Policy. Great piece on Deseret.com today. Holly, thanks for joining us. Uh, much more to talk about in terms of our gratitude and where we go for Thanksgiving. Coming up next, stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.